Um, yeah, so back to uh, my own self-journey of self-love, self-journey. I'm going to sound like an idiot on this thing. I'm not editing it either. And I hope you don't hear the dishwasher running. Uh, coincidentally, I think that uh, <laughs> there are only a few things that are so consistent in life, and that is dishes, laundry, and bills, mostly. But, um... So self-love. Self-love has changed my life a great deal. And um, what I've discovered, or what I should say, what's so important about self-love, as I've said, is that you kind of grow to do it every day. But what you really have to do in order to really start the process is you have to look back at your life and reflect on the moments that might not be the best. And also kind of forgive the things that happened to you um because when i i kind of had a really rough upbringing and i'm like who doesn't these days you know uh the world seems to be insanely cruel or or, or rather riddled with cruelty but um i had a difficult upbringing and then in college i uh i watched this documentary about this Holocaust survivor named Ava Kaur who talked about the power of forgiveness and she said that forgiveness was not for the other person it was for you because when you hold a grudge over somebody or hold a grudge towards somebody I mean you you kind of give them power over your life at least that's how I've experienced it and um when you give them that power over your life whether or not I mean you're not intentionally doing so but you kind of argue you're holding yourself back in a way and so I think the most or first step to uh, take in the process is to kind of reflect on your history, look inside yourself, try to understand why things happen the way that they did, forgive yourself. I think a lot of times when people are, are victimized by something, they tend to think it's their fault. And I, even I went through that, and, and I now I find it kind of absurd, but I understand it because I used to do that. I used to think there was something I did, you know? Maybe there was it's something, but I know for certain there was some that was not. But, um, yeah, you go back, you reflect, you understand why things happen, you let them go, you start to feel better, you start to appreciate who you are, because what I have learned also is that Again, I want to speak personal because I don't ever want to say anything to anybody that would uh, make them feel as if if I'm trying to make a decision for somebody else. Um, but to ref now I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> what was it? What were we talking about? Forgive people. Going back and looking at yourself and and really looking at the things that happen to you. Forgive people, forgive yourself, let them go. Um, and start to really live your life. The, the more you ease the restraints that you put upon yourself, the, the more free you begin to feel. And so to start this off, I'm gonna, as it is kind of autobiographical, um, I'm going to do a dramatic retelling of my life. No, not even. 
I'm just going to be as honest and, and uh, true as I can be. And uh, basically tell the history of my upbringing and how I came to to grow to appreciate who I am and to to love everything I've been through, including the cruelties and and the wonders and everybody. I mean, I, I I've grown to have this odd affection even for people who who have. Uh, done harm to me because the thing is I think when somebody harms you or hurts you or or you go through anything that's really difficult in life um, I think that it, it kind of makes you more understanding or able to connect with other people who've gone through similar situations because I know for myself when I've been hurt by someone or something I I know what that feels like for me and so when somebody else is going through something similar I I can I feel for them because I know what it was like. It's the same thing for me too. That like I don't want to because I have been hurt. And I tell people this a lot because I've been hurt, as we have all been hurt. I don't ever want to hurt anybody else. I think that's important that we try not to hurt each other. I know some things are, sometimes it seems inevitable. I've also learned that sometimes you gotta say no to people, or you you don't have to stop loving them, but you have to stop. Committing actions of love, doing things for them and stuff like that, because that can go so many ways wrong. You can start to feel like you're taken advantage of and um, or taken for granted or even, you know, uh, you can kind of make them a bit codependent on you. And sometimes, you know, I mean, the act of giving and the act of loving, it it feels good. So it can kind of also feel like a drug and the person who gives although sometimes I guess you I mean sometimes I know you're giving completely out of kindness I mean it is a bit selfish but or I find it a little pleasurable but I don't know how if it were to be viewed selfish in a negative sense because I think I think the best way to give to somebody is to give unconditionally without the expectation of receiving anything and I think a lot of times or kind of the way we operate we we are geared towards giving to receive or everything's so transactional and um, I don't and that may be the way that things work but for me it just doesn't feel right because um, I don't want to I don't want anybody to think I'm doing something for them because they expect something. I think a lot of times we also, I mean, we tend to manipulate each other a lot. And again, I understand that. I, I know that we, we have needs and we have wants and there are people who can do those things for us and there are people who can't. And, and um, we do favors and we hang out with people who make us feel good, do things for us. They have skills that we can utilize, you know, especially when you're an artist. Um, you, you find a lot of that type of mentality where it's like, oh, let me make connections with this person because they can connect me with this or they can do that, you know. And uh, we just kind of all use each other. We shouldn't be using each other. I think we should utilize each other in a sense of like maybe like a 
even though it's the same word. They're like, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, when I say utilize, it means like utilize the person for everything that they are, as in like their skill set, their brain, their personality, their being, what they bring to the table, and give them the same that they give you, like an equal exchange. Because people, I told this to somebody the other day, you know, somebody who feels appreciated by you, I think, will give you the whole world. But I think someone who feels used won't even give you the time and day. And the reason why I say that and make that statement, because that's that's how I feel. That's how I've grown to, to be. And uh, and it's not that it's not that I don't wish to give people the time of day, because trust me, I've been that person who has not trusted their instincts and have continued to to give, even though I know that I'm being taken advantage of. Um, but there is this like sense of wanting to help someone or or knowing what it's like to not have help and uh again that goes back to that that sense of not wanting to instill pain on somebody because i've felt pain before <laughs> so i've really that was the biggest lesson for me biggest lesson for me to learn was that um you do have to say no to people sometimes for yourself and for you because it's important. And to tell someone lovingly no, it doesn't mean you don't want to do anything for them and it doesn't mean you don't love them. Sometimes it means you do love them and you know if you tell them yes, well, they won't really learn what they're supposed to learn or do what they're supposed to do or, or they won't grow, you know? They won't grow to be independent. And... We should all be able to be independent um, because you need to be able to rely on yourself first and foremost. That's not to say don't go to people for help. Definitely ask for help when you need help. That's so important. But also don't ask for help if you can do it and you just don't want to. I know that might be a little awful to say, but it doesn't mean, I guess what it would sound like it says. Is basically believe in yourself enough first, or try to believe in yourself enough to actually give it a go because a little foreshadowing, you know, once you start the process of self-love, you, you realize you have everything that you need inside of you you just have to believe in yourself. And, and a lot of times it comes from a lot of people telling you how amazing and wonderful you are. But when you don't believe them, you don't hear them. I tell people I give them compliments all the time. And I've realized that uh, I think they think I say things to them because I am from the South. And, and I like to speak from my heart and my head. I put those two together. I speak from my heart and my head because for me, that's my truth. You know, that's a balance. Because we need both emotion and we need our brain. We need to think, but we need to feel. We're very feeling. I mean, people feel, or we should be feeling. And so when I give people compliments, I think that they think I'm trying to distract them from their woes and I'm not being sincere. No, I'm being honest with you. I'm being honest with you because it's the truth as I see it. And trust me, I have felt it and I have thought about it. 
And I put those two together, and that's what I've, I uh, consider to be a truth. And I think, too, a lot of times between, like, truth and lie, you know, we always can tell. We always can tell when we don't. When something doesn't feel true to us, you know, they're like, oh, I have a bad feeling about this. Or, or um, you know, it's like, oh, I can tell I'm being deceived. But nobody ever says anything about feeling the truth. And I think you can. I mean, I, I, I do think you can because well, I know I can. I, I can know exactly when I feel that something is, is valid. And I know exactly when somebody's lying to me. It's rather unfortunate. Because a lot of times, you know, I think people don't think that I can tell, but I can. Is it's in your eyes. It's in your eyes. It's in your actions. And um, people are sensitive enough to pick up on that. But I think a lot of times when we feel something, we uh, we kind of have been conditioned to suppress our feelings, as in they are the things that make us weak and uh, irrational and just to rely completely on our train of thought, but that's so incorrect. Um, to feel is the human experience. I mean, the things that are the most wonderful in life, I think, are the things that we feel. Like love, and I mean, like, I mean, sadness has its bit of wonder in it, and, and anger, and, and uh, passion. You know, all of those things that make an experience what it is. To have a good time, that's a feeling, you know? It's not an act of doing. You're doing something and that makes you have a good time, you know? Like going to the beach. Well, there's a lot happening there. And, uh, but the moment, living in the moment, being in the sand and, and uh, standing in the waves and being under the sun and like watching hot people run around and um, <laughs> watching like seagulls come to you thinking you brought snack and jokes on them you ate them in the car um the whole experience is quite beautiful and and in a single moment i think we are enraptured in all of these sensations of like touch and feel and and uh, experience and thought and it's a rather overwhelming moment but i think that um a moment functioning as a person with all of these sensations that we go through and all these thoughts and all these feelings all in one moment, it's rather intense. I think we just can't handle it and that's why we're taught to suppress our emotions and only rely on our thought. Well, I think that when you put things out of balance, that leads to insanity, but that's just me. Anyways, so let's, uh, I guess let's start with um, where I was born, back to the self-love journey. Um, I was born in South Carolina. Uh, my mother was 16. She wasn't married. I don't remember how old my dad was, but he was, I mean, significantly older. Um, I, we were, I was born in wedlock. Um, I grew up basically on a on a dairy farm for a bit of my life. Um, let me just uh, put in a little disclaimer here. I said before that I did experience kind of traumatic things in my life. And um, 
I want to make sure that as I, because I, I do intend to do like an accurate retelling of these things, that um, I don't ever, I stop telling people the things that happen to you because then they start to feel sorry for you. And then they start to think that their woes are, or, uh, or their issues or their concerns or their experiences are not as intense as yours are and therefore they're invalidated. No, that's not the truth. One of my favorite sayings that, that uh, I used to use all the time was, it almost feels as if we're in we're all in the same hell, just different devils, you know? Something might affect me, and it may seem like some gigantic traumatic experience, but also something may also affect you. And your feelings are just as valid as mine are. Regardless of what we went through, how you feel about something, how you truly feel, that's your own. And I'm not going to take that away from you. You need to go through that feeling because you need to process it. And you need to register that experience as something that made you feel that way. And if somebody tells you something that you feel is more extreme than whatever you've gone through, well, that's what they went through. That doesn't mean you shouldn't feel what you feel. So, like I said, I grew up on a a dairy farm for a little bit of my life and and I don't remember much of that part of my life there's a few things that I do remember um, and I remember my earliest memory that I have when I, if I go back as like as deep as I can and in my brain um, I remember my mother trying to leave my father and because uh, my dad and, and my mother they didn't have a very good relationship I mean from the beginning they were children you know um, I don't think anybody teaches you how to have a healthy relationship let alone be adult you kind of figure out on your own and you stumble through and by the time you get to a, a place where you're supposed to have your shit together oops <laughs> um, by the time you get to a place when you're supposed to have your stuff together, I think that we we now have to spend a big portion of our life trying to clean up the messes that we made, you know? Because nobody told us how, how to make them. But that's for another time. But anyways, my first memory was um, my mother trying to leave my father. And uh, he had grabbed me and he said... Uh, Oh, you can leave, but you're not taking him. And I remember that I was like turned around looking at the plant next because there was this like glass window. I, I feel like it was a glass sliding door, but I don't remember that that much. I just remember turning and playing with the plant next to the door or the window or whatever. But I, I remember this, that moment, you know. And I know that something didn't feel right about it. And I was very young. And when I told my mother about it, she's like, there's no way you could remember that. And I said, well, I do. I mean, I remember it. And uh, I guess that was my first traumatic experience to what would, you know, as I'd come into age, understand that was a traumatic experience. But I also remember riding my bicycle off the front porch, tricycle, let me correct myself, tricycle off the front porch and breaking my arm. And, uh, I wanted a pink cast. I remember that. Oh, I was so told, oh, you can't get a pink cast. And I was like, well, I want one, you know? 
I think I, they're like, I can get blue. Or um, I think I got one that had like ducks on it or something. But I was hell bent on having that pink cast. I really wanted pink. I liked pink. Um, it was odd because part of my part of my uh, uh, self love journey was kind of trying to accept my more feminine nature as I am a man. But I grew up in the South, and and um, you know, not everywhere there are people who are. People who don't act or portray the the gender norm expectation, um, they can make it kind of difficult for you. And so, um, when I started to embrace that part of me, that also helped me. But it started at an early age, you know. I wanted a pink cast, and and also when I was a kid, I'd watch the Disney movie, specifically Snow White, and I remember that um, I used to pretend to be the princess, you know, I would, I'd lay there under a, like under a blanket, but I'd use one of those baby towels, you know, that there were, you'd put on your head and it had like the, the long attachment to it. I guess everybody knows what a baby towel is, but I pretended it was long hair and I would lay there and I'd wait to be awakened by a true love's kiss, you know, and uh, I would act out the scene and I would run away and eat the apple all kinds of stuff. And I guess I should have known then. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, the pink cast, the princess play. I think from an early age, my mother knew, you know. And I knew, too. I think a lot of, a lot of people who know that they're different, they feel it when they're different. I thought I was supposed to be a girl. I really did think I was supposed to be a girl when I was a kid, you know. And I was so confused. I really just, I just was like, I felt as though I was in the wrong body. And as you grow older, of course, you know, those feelings go away and you come to accept yourself and like, you are what you are. Well, if you think that in that moment, you know, but there's so many layers just in our physicality. And I think we're learning that now. That's why we're experiencing this kind of diverse idea of like gender norms and which I think is kind of wonderful you know I sometimes I get worried because sometimes I don't mean to be judgmental at all I really don't I try to be accepting everybody um, sometimes I, I feel as though people try to stretch things or not intentionally but maybe I shouldn't say stretch things I think because I don't want to attack what anybody chooses because it is their life and I think it's important that people choose to live their life as they see it as long as it doesn't impede on anybody else's life or rights and and, and um, unfortunately it happens too but um, we are experiencing this kind of bloom of, of uh, gender uh, like what is a word that I want to use? Confrontation, essentially, like gender norm confrontation. Whereas people are starting to feel certain ways or express themselves in certain ways or decide they're this and they're that. And um, I can really relate to those people because the truth is I felt that at early age. Now, that's not to say that um, I did grow up thinking, well, 
I did I, when I was younger. I did think that I was supposed to be a girl, but then I, I'm quite content being a boy. I mean, I actually, I really love boy, love boy. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this at twelve forty three a.m. Um, I love being a boy because, gosh, it's unfortunately it sounds awful, but it's, a, it's so, it's simpler, and it's less expensive. I went prom dress shopping with my sisters one time, and I was like, oh, thank God I don't have to do this because it was so frustrating. Because there's so many options. There's so many damn options, and all of them all look the same, except the fluff is on one other side, and there's a bead in a different place, and they chose a lighter shade of purple. But, you know, you got to be specific when you're picking out the dress. And to me, it was just so much work. I was like, I can't do this. And then I would end up, you know, later in life, finding myself in a career where I built shit like that. It's funny how, how your life plays out. But, um, yeah, I enjoy being a boy. I don't wish to be a woman. I am very feminine, though. But not in a sense of, I guess, like there are times when I enjoy doing manly, manly. I can't speak. Why am I doing this? I enjoy doing manly things because, well, what I would qualify as manly things, like I enjoy woodworking and building stuff and and um, hard labor, which hard labor is not specifically a, a, a man's thing. It's just like I'm from the South and that was kind of ingrained in me. But I feel more masculine when I am doing hard labor and I feel more feminine when I am doing things that are more feminine, like, you know, self-care and, and uh, a self-care protein, a self-care routine. Maybe I'm just exhausted and I shouldn't be doing this. But anyways, a self-care routine is very important. And, um, and I do it all, you know. I, I, I tried. I had to learn this stuff, though, you know. I just learned to take a shower. But um, to learn, like, what your hair needs and how to take care of your skin and, and, and you know, lotion and, and bath stuff, like, those types of pampering things, I think, are rather enjoyable. And when we start to really take care of ourselves and, like, take care of our physical body uh, in that way, then we also start to plant the seeds of self-appreciation. Because we, things that we actually love and that we actually cherish, we tend to take care of them. And when you start to take care of yourself physically, it also impacts you mentally. You start to feel better about yourself and you start to appreciate yourself. Just in a physical sense. You know, and then we can get into the whole other level of things. But, um, yeah, I think a self-care routine is really important. And... And I do that. I think I'm so far off topic now. I don't even know what I was supposed to be talking about. Self-care routine. I started out in my childhood and I ended up in self-care routine. And that's my normal flow of consciousness on the daily. Can you imagine trying to function in the world? Um, yeah. So, oh, about being feminine. That's where it was. Yeah, so I feel masculine when there are things that I do that I would consider because of what has been taught to me, masculine uh, actions. And then I feel more feminine when I do things that 
are uh, considered feminine. But I think they were kind of a little bit of both. You know, you have to be. I think where we, I think one thing that we kind of have done to ourselves is that 